0: Oh, good, you said it with meaning. It's a good thing. In the text that I read a moment ago, Paul encouraged the believers in Philippi to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to follow in his way. He says, have this mind amongst yourselves that's yours in Christ Jesus. No matter what your position, no matter what your influence, no matter what your authority is, take up the role of a servant. This is this is a non-negotiable part of following Jesus. Non-negotiable. If you follow Jesus, you serve. But we often treat it like it's a negotiable part of following Jesus. Right? We, we can appreciate the fact that we serve a God who is gracious to us, that saw us when we were at our worst, when we were yet sinners, and he came to save us, and there's forgiveness, and there's mercy, and he reconnects us to the Father. Man, we love that. Thank you, Jesus. And anybody grateful that, that the Spirit of God is renewing us and transforming us day by day? Anybody grateful for that today, right? Amen. we love the growth piece. That happens. That's a work of God within us. But serve? You mean that, I really have to consider others more important than myself? That's pushing it a little bit, Drew. (laughs) You mean mean that I've got to sacrifice some of my time and my energy and my passion? You mean mean that I have to lay down some of my personal rights and preferences to serve someone else? Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, yes, yes. Yes, you do. (laughs) To follow Jesus is to leverage your life to serve others. That's the story. And and bonus, here's a bonus for you: serving others is actually good for you. Did you know that? This is not. This is not a. This is not from scripture, but science is catching up with this reality. Right? You don't need to look hard to find an article that talks about the benefits of serving and giving. It's almost like following Jesus is good for your health. Weird. Can I just say that science is always catching up with what our creator has designed long ago. That's what science is. Science is like discovering what God has already set in motion. And so as believers, when science is like, oh, this is a new discovery, it's amazing, we're actually like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's God. He did that. I'll give you an example. Here's from the Cleveland Clinic on Mental Health. Quote, As you help someone or give a gift, your brain secretes feel-good chemicals such as serotonin, which regulates your mood, dopamine, which gives you a sense of pleasure, oxytocin, which creates a sense of connection with others. The doctor in the article says, When we do things for other people, it makes us feel much more engaged and joyful. That's good for our health and happiness. Strange! <laughs> Something inside of us comes alive when we align ourselves to the way of Jesus. It's like we were created that way. Humility, sacrifice, servanthood this is the call of every follower of Jesus. We're all called to serve. And Paul in Ephesians 2, says it like this, "For by grace, you've been saved through faith." And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, to be clear, we don't engage in serving, we don't serve to find favor with God, Or to like make up for our wrongs, which sometimes that's what we start serving. That's what we're doing. We think we have to do that for God. Paul, that's not what it's about. We serve because we've already found favor with God through Christ Jesus. It's it's an outpouring of receiving this amazing good news that we're forgiven and we're graced in Christ Jesus. So serving is, is an outpouring. Uh, of our life. And we believe, and then what he says here, that we were actually created for good works and that God beforehand, he knew where we were going to be in our life and he knew what we were set apart for before we ever were even born. And so what is the good work that we're called to? What is the good work that you're called to? Where have you been called to serve? Here's my question for you. What's currently in front of you? What's currently directly in front of you? Do you have a job? Do you you live in Oak Harbor? Do you live in a neighborhood? Do do you have friends? Are you married? Do you have kids? Do you attend Living Word? Are your kids in the school system? What's directly in front of you every day you open up your eyes and start your day? That's where you're called to serve. That's where you're called to be a servant. That's where you're called to model the heart of Jesus. The thing that we all have in common this morning as we sit in this place is this community of faith. And and this community of faith flourishes depending on the engagement of the body in serving. We flourish or wane based on the engagement. Every week when we gather here, there's dozens and dozens of people that many of us don't even see that are busy serving our children next door and teaching them about Jesus. This doesn't take place unless we have dozens and dozens of volunteers that are serving. We also realize that, that following Jesus and serving is, is a little bit countercultural. Uh, here, here's what I mean by that. We live in a world that the values... Upward mobility. I'm sure you're familiar with this this term. It's defined as the capacity or the facility for rising to a higher social or economic position. Familiar with this term? This is this is built into the fabric of our society. Uh, we're we're constantly looking for advancement. Climbing the corporate ladder, uh, making rank in the military, reaching a new pay scale, earning credits, certifications, positions. We, we climb, 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 climb. That's a part of the world that you, you live in. And the higher that you go, the, the more authority that you're given, the more influence that you have. And it tends to be that the higher you go, the less grunt work you have to do, right? Right? in the air we breathe, and to to be honest, I love it. I love love all of it. I I love the competitive, I, I I love achieving, I love goal setting, I love all those things, and I think God actually wires us for those, it's not all bad, but what gets twisted in our hearts, if we're not careful, is that as we rise in influence and position and age, we begin to think that people exist to serve us, and we lose touch that Everywhere we go, we're meant to serve others. Jesus, the Lord of the universe, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Are you tracking with what Paul is saying in that? The God of the universe entered the brokenness of humanity as a servant. That's who we follow. That's who's Lord of our lives. Mark says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're following Jesus today, I can guarantee you, guarantee you, that whatever position or influence or authority that you have, Jesus is calling you to take the posture of a servant doesn't matter where you serve. doesn't matter what role or title you have. From my personal experience, I'll also warn you that you'll be called to serve in ways that are well over your head. Anybody been there? <laughs> I'll give you an example. Before moving up here, we got to serve at a church in Everett and I had the privilege of serving as a local outreach pastor. And we had, we had developed partnerships all over our city because we believed if we were in the city, we were there to serve the city. And so we developed all of these partnerships. And one of the partnerships that I got the chance to be a part of was partnering with a group of Bhutanese refugees living in North Everett. I want to show you a quick video. This is real quick. Uh, this is my friend, Nar. Nar. Uh, and it, this is him leading worship. Hopefully this video works. Maybe. Oh. Get it, Nar. So this is my friend Nar. He's, he's leading worship. They, they started a little home church with all these Bhutanese refugees in, in North Everett. And I'll be brutally, brutally honest with you. This didn't make sense for me to be a part of. I, li- I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. I and I'll show you another picture in a moment. It didn't make sense. But you know what I could offer? Serving, and that's all that, that happened. I just I went in and I said, "How can I serve you guys? God's already present here. How, how can I support you?" And over time, we built relationships and we had meals together. I got to perform some weddings in this community. Uh, there's another picture I want to show you. They, they, they made me a hat, except I have a huge dome, and so this hat looked like a little monkey hat on my head. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most beautiful things I ever got to be a part of because we got to serve the city together. We, we worshiped together together. Our kids ran around. God multiplied leaders in this community. This little church home group grew like crazy. And it was just a group of people that were serving each other. There's something powerful that happens that only God does as we get together in his name and serve one another. Even when it's over your head. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew 14 now. Let's get to a story. Matthew 14. This is one of my uh, favorite examples in scripture of what I'm talking about. And it's, it's a well-known story. It's the feeding of the 5,000. And the context for this story, Matthew 14, is actually grief. Jesus is just informed that, that his friend John the Baptist was beheaded because he was calling out Herod for chasing his brother's wife. kind of a weird story. Read at the beginning of chapter 14. But Jesus apparently was calling a timeout. He wanted to get away for some solitude and some rest. In verse 13, it says he got into a boat to a solitary place. But the crowds, they didn't really get the memo that he's trying to disconnect. And so they like chase him down and they're waiting for him when the boat lands on the shore. And Jesus is there and everybody's gathered around. And verse 14 says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. And healed their sick. So just picture this scene with me. Jesus, he's with his disciples. He, he's trying to disconnect, trying to grieve. But they're surrounded by crowds of people with these overwhelming needs. And this, by the way, is on the, the tail of weeks and weeks of serving and ministering and feeding. And So they're, they're a bit haggard at this point right? The disciples are tired. Jesus himself's a little worn out. He, he's trying to get some rest. And, and they're maybe a little hangry too. They're a little hungry, right? <laughs> Verse 15. Follow the story. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. And the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves, this is the translation. They're telling Jesus, we're tapped out. We're tapped out. Like, we're tired. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off. Sorry, that's a bad movie <laughs> quote. If you know that movie. We need Jesus. Um, they're, they're telling Jesus, listen, can you just make everybody go away? Send them back into the villages so that they can get get food. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Have you ever been there? Like at the end of a day, end of a week, we're like, okay, just press stop or pause or delete. Like, give me some space. I just need a break for a minute. I just need to lay down. I need to get some rest. Maybe it's after a long week. You've given everything you have. You want a little peace and quiet. Maybe if you're with the kids, moms or dads that are home with the kids, you're like, I just don't want another question or a mess. I'm tired of the laundry. Like, when I need a pause button. And in that place, when you're exhausted, when, when you're overwhelmed, when you've been working hard for weeks and weeks, aren't you just the best version of yourself in that space? You say, man, I just want to be around tons of people so they can see how delightful I am as a human being. <laughs> Nobody said that ever, right? We're at our worst when we're tired and hangry. And so place yourself in the story. You're a little crispy. It's true. And this is what you hear from Jesus. But Jesus said, Oh, oh, they need not to go away. You give them something to eat. If I'm a disciple in this story, I'll have some thoughts. I'm thinking to myself like, I'm not sure you're catching the vibe here, Jesus. Like, we were not super clear, but we were. We told you to send everybody away. They're, They're probably wrestling, and they're also probably wrestling with, how do we tell Jesus no? Like, we've been following this guy. We gave everything to follow him. We've seen him do miraculous things. Like, he's telling us to feed the people now. Like, Peter, you tell him no. You're the one who always sticks his foot in his mouth. Like, get out there. (laughs) They quickly find an excuse. I love this. Verse 17. They said to him, "Uh, we have only five loaves here and two fish. (laughs) This is great, right? Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. We don't want to do this. We told him we don't want to. He's telling us to feed the people. Okay, but it's not even practical. Like, look at what we have, Jesus. All we have is not enough. Like, we're not going to have enough to eat with what's here. There's not enough food. There's not enough food for me. There's not enough food for you. And you're telling us to feed everybody. We love you, Jesus. You're very compassionate. (laughs) Thanks for caring for people so well, but get them out of here, seriously. Verse 18, and he said, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he he looked up to heaven and, and he said a blessing and then he broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. This picture is just too good to move past quickly. Just think about this for a second. Jesus blesses the food, which is not enough. And Jesus doesn't go and deliver it to the crowds. He says, here. And he hands them a basket. And all of the crowds, this is perfect, right? The crowds are sitting in groups on the hillside. And Jesus tells the disciples, you go feed them. And so they go out with a basket with not enough food. Imagine being a disciple in this moment, like, Um, that's for your whole family. <laughs> right? Like, and they have to. I mean, they're humans. They're, they're trying. Here you go. This is for you. you got a big family, so there's a little extra piece for you. Here's some for you. Here's some for you. Right? They, they, start, they start passing it out. You get i Lupe, you're always feeding people, so there you go. <laughs> Here you go. I- imagine they're getting down to the end of their basket. I mean, what's going through your head? you got hungry people. Now you've fed some of them, but you haven't fed all of them. Here you go, Jared. <laughs> but as, as they're handing out the food, obviously this isn't a magic trick, but as they're handing out the food, they're like, What? It keeps going. (laughs) They're like, one for you, two for you, (laughs) one for you. This is the story. Picture this story. And here's what the text says. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, catch this, besides women and children. So we're talking like 10,000, 15,000 people. Jesus asked these disciples a simple question. Give them something to eat. You serve them. He gave them something to do. And they probably wrestled with it, just like you and I would wrestle with it. But as they began to serve, and as they listened to the voice of Jesus, there was miraculous provision that happened. Here's a couple of observations from this text, from the story. Following Jesus is a life of service. If Jesus is Lord of your life, serving is not an event. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a nice thing to do a couple times a year. <laughs> Serving is a lifestyle. To follow the way of Jesus is to find ways to serve in every situation that we find ourselves in. And in fact, that's the greatest question we can ask every day. How can I serve here? How can I serve my family today? How can I serve my friends today? How can I serve my kids today? How can I serve my employees today? How can I serve my boss today? Are you with me? This is the life of... Of following Jesus. We're asking that question, what does serving look like here? Is it going to cost you something? Yeah. Are there going to be moments where you're like, you, you, you analyze and go, I don't think I got enough energy. Yeah, that's going to happen. But we ask the question, what does it look like to serve? That's what following Jesus is. Second observation, serving is always stretching. Always. <laughs> serving is always stretching. It, it, it most often you're going to be in a position where you're over your head. And you will evaluate your ability, your resources, your availability, and you'll always find reasons not to serve. Always. Serving will always stretch you. There will always be a bit of, I've only got five loaves. It's my last one. And I'm hungry too. Is there enough left for me? It's always going to be stretching. Jesus seems to do his greatest work when we're out of our comfort zone. Anybody notice that in their walk with Jesus? Like he's not really interested in your comfort. <laughs> he loves showing off to show you who he is though. And so when we step outside of our comfort zone into things that are beyond us and we, tr- we truly trust that Jesus is, is present to do the miracle, he loves confirming who he is to us as we step out. Serving is always stretching. Last observation, serving is an opportunity to see the kingdom of God realized. That's what I love about this story. The disciples in this story, they see the miraculous happen. But this is the kingdom of God. What God is showing them is, listen, in my kingdom, everybody eats. Nobody's left out. The hungry are fed. Those who have needs, they're cared for. Those who are suffering, those who need compassion, those who need healing, when when I'm around, they get healed, they get restored. And if you're gonna be a part of my kingdom, this is what you're gonna be a part of. Serving is, is a way to engage with the work of God on this earth. And we get to see a picture like like my friends. This is Bhutanese community seeing the miraculous work of God in ministering and caring for a group of people in North Everett who who had to flee for their lives from their own country because of what was going on there. And and God did the miraculous. There's so many opportunities for us to see the kingdom of God advance in our city, in our state. It comes by being a people who serve and trust that he is Lord over all things. We get to see the kingdom of God advance. Those three things, life of service, following Jesus is a life of service. Serving is always stretching. If you're hoping to be a part of serving and it's not stretching, you're not gonna serve. <laughs> serving is an opportunity to see the kingdom of God realized. Uh, There's There's so many people in this church we could spend the rest of, um, the year talking about people in our church who follow Jesus this way. Um, I'm going to just give you a, a story of one person who has been so faithful in our community to serve. I don't think he's here this morning. He may actually not come to church because he doesn't want to be seen as somebody that does these things, but he has a heart of a, of a servant. Watch this video with me. love it. Many of you know Dave. If you don't, uh, man, what a joy. There are not too many things, door handles, uh, bathroom stalls, <laughs> that, that Dave hasn't been a part of doing behind the scenes. Uh, the building actually functions. And there, like I said, there's many people like Dave. He's just a, uh, an example. I want to be like Dave when I grow up. And I, and I think if, if our church body looks like Dave, we actually don't ever, we don't run into, oh, we don't have anybody to help which actually happens a lot in the church. So I'm, I'm inspired by Dave. I hope you're inspired by Dave. What, you got hands, you got feet. <laughs> I love that. Gave me hands, and gave me feet. Get to work. <laughs> it's that simple. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Uh, let me pray for us. Lord, we just, we're, we're humbled that you didn't just tell us to serve. You came and served. You showed us. You you were a living example of what kind of life you were calling us into. And and we get to read about the impact of leveraging a life to serve others. And we understand that this isn't in our strength. You you gave us your spirit to empower us to serve. So we don't go alone. And so I, I ask this morning that as we depart and go our our separate ways in a little while, that that you would give us eyes to see the ways you're calling us to serve this afternoon, this week, that we would take up this call and that our community uh, would be blessed and different because of the hearts of your people following in your way? Would your kingdom come here? And would your will be done here as we just say, here we are. We got hands and feet. We're here to serve. Show us what that looks like. We thank you for that in in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's, Let's worship.